think, you know, I just think that people recognize that black people cannot fight this on their own. Um, but I just, you know, it's disheartening because of everything that's happening. Yes, I think that looting and rioting um, is something that's going to happen when you have a displaced group of people. When, you know, when they just don't see an outcome, a potential outcome, and then you still have authority figures, it's almost like they're antagonizing them with their words by saying that they don't see a systematic issue, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, I, I just can't even understand how somebody can say that they don't see a systematic issue when the foundation of our country is on the blood of black people built on the blood of black, black people. So I just think that, you know, it's very disheartening, especially with the whole Tulsa, Oklahoma um, thing being at 99 years just yesterday. Um, I think that people, A, don't understand the power of unification. And those people who are just completely blind and oblivious to all of this systematic oppression and all of the, the cause and effect that happened, all these things for all of these things to happen. And I, you know, I look at it from a different perspective because I'm looking at it like I see from in the school systems, how we isolate certain groups of kids, how we kind of peg them and put them in a position to feed into the prison system. Um, parents, you know, parents play a role in this, but you know, um, it's, of course it starts in the household, it moves into the school and before you know it, they're wrapped up in the system one way or another. And then while everyone is marching and riding over police brutality, that's only one piece to like a 500 piece puzzle. I keep saying that, but you know what I'm saying? It's just one piece. So I think that, okay, we end police brutality, but what about the the systematic issues with mass incarceration? They gave that man third degree murder. And they would have given yeah, anyone that, else capital murder for that. Yeah, he's liable to, uh, with third degree murder, he's liable to get off of probation. Exactly. You know, I don't necessarily know, I don't know how the laws are in, um, in, in Minnesota when it comes to the, the you know, the thing for that particular uh, degree of murder. But that's like the lesser degree. He's liable to get off of probation. Yeah, you know, and not so, even that, you know, they have videos of police kneeling on the necks of protesters. The reason why they're out here to begin with, and what people don't realize is that there has been such a mass, like, flood of killings of our people in a very crucial way. It's like we're watching modern day lynchings without the rope. Yeah, that broke the camera back. back. Yeah. And, it, 
in a particular, you know, scenario. And uh, as far as, you know, I mean, the rage, like I was saying, I have mixed emotions, right? Because I really want to see uh, a sustained, you know, protest and a sustained cry for justice and a sustained strategy that leads to some real significant results. This is this is what I desire to see. And I'm, you know, and, and every, all of us have a place in it. So we got to, you know, do our part right. And we're trying to do our part right here. We're just putting the message out there, you know, through the podcast and through this discussion. But uh, I also am proud, like I said, I'm proud. And I have, like, you know, uh, I support. Even even the, the anger and the rage, you know, that's going on. You know, even though, I mean, we don't want people in our community to, to, to suffer at the hands of, you know, and the people who just, you know, going off or whatever. But at the same time, what it's showing is, that people are hurt, people are pain, and people gonna strike back the best way they know how. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you corner a man off, if you get a man off in the corner, it's a big bully, get a man off in the corner. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that man who is smaller, or who uh, looks to be weaker, or a woman for that matter, if they cornered off and they kick that bully in the nuts, I'm rooting for the underdog. You know what I'm saying? That's what he gets. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel, uh, you know, when I see, yeah. you know, when I see uh, what's going on as far as them can stuff up in the other nation because yeah. I feel like this will hit the people who are disconnected to the pain yes. you know of oppressed people this yeah. will hit them this yeah. will say oh wait a minute we got to do something about this yeah. otherwise you know we're going to have to worry about them tearing our city up or tearing stuff up and you know it's going to coming out our pocket one way or the other or we're going to have to you know deal with trying to resolve this issue so I mean I feel like all of it is has a purpose right and uh you know so I mean and it's, it's the American way yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely the American way. I just wonder, you know, um, how how quickly it's going to take, you know, like how quickly are they going to be able to like orchestrate some change? Because all that's happening now is that peaceful protests turn into violent protests. And even when we were out there protesting on Saturday, they tear gassed those people in a, in, they were peacefully protesting and they still Drop that tear gas. So they agitated it, and when they tore up everything, it's like, oh, people are being violent. Well, they're being violent because you attacked them. People are being aggressive because you attacked them, and and then it's like, um, they're you know how the way they're trying to uh, demonstrate the black community by putting images of black people looting and rioting. When I can tell you right now, it's more than just black folks out there. Oh yeah, oh, most definitely, yeah. And and and, and that's what one of the um the ladies from Charlotte, I think her name is Ruby B. I think her name is young sister. Uh, she's very you know well spoken. She's a reporter, and she was speaking on how it's the media responsibility. Everybody has a responsibility in the place in trying to uh, resolve and confront this crisis. It's a, the media's responsibility is to not only show some of the negative images or or, or the chaos that's going on, but also to show uh pictures and moments of hope when you do have, you know, uh, people getting together and really trying to, uh, you know, basically speak truth to power. You know, this is what needs to be, the media needs to put emphasis on, not just, you know, all the chaos that's going on, but actually showing that, uh, you know, people, they are trying to stand up for the uh, self-proclaimed values, you know, of their country that they live in and that they, you know, take ownership in. Everybody who's going out there you know, uh, protesting and making, you know, a point that they're not going to stand uh, for, you know, just these, these atrocities, 
everything can be misconstrued for something else right now. So I just think, you know, um, even, even with us going down to the protest, um, it's like, Oh, and be, but because all of the people started rioting and looting, it made it, it took away from the purpose. You know what I mean? Because it turned yeah. negative. Right. And I get it, you know, burn it down until, you know, you get your point across. Because to be honest, in my experience in corporate America and white America, uh, just in a day-to-day basis, and I don't mean any harm or foul play by it, the squeaky wheel gets the reward. So the person yeah, who is yeah. making That's the most language. noise. That's the language. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You can all different type of languages now. I mean, so... Yeah, but I wonder, uh-huh. I wonder for the people who are in positions um, where their opinion about what's going on has to be suppressed. I wonder how that really makes them feel. You know what I mean? Like you really can't because of who you are, you know, like, I mean, I'm, and I have to be cautious because of my position as well. But uh-huh. I, you know, I have less of a care, <laughs> uh, less of a fear of, you know, what could potentially happen, I guess, around it. I guess that's just my personality type. But we have a lot of black people that are in a lot of positions where they can't even speak out to support in fear of losing their job. And, it, and this is right here, this is, um, this is, uh, I mean, you gotta have courage. And, you know, in, in Islam, you know, the prophet teaches us, you know, you hear a lot of, uh, you hear a lot of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, how the media, you know, they try to demonize the, the term jihad, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But when you really look at, you know, what jihad means in Islam, you know, one of the definitions is to speak the truth to, uh, uh, uh to injustice, to speak the truth against a, a tyrannical leader. Or any type of oppressor. It's a jihad. So this jihad is a struggle of within itself to overcome whatever type of uh, comfort or to do away with that and to sacrifice yourself. It might be your job. It might be you know whatever comfort that you have, right. and, and move and courage to speak the truth. You know the power. You know, this, this is part of jihad. So, I mean, and everybody has their their, their struggle with it. And like I was saying last night, because I was telling you that sometimes God is going to call you to step out your comfort zone. To test your faith, you know, and uh, and he's gonna put you in the fire, yeah. you know. But you believe it, the believers know that he's gonna come out, you know, pristine as gold, right? Yeah. You know, but he's gonna put you in that fire to purify yourself, you know, to uh, purify your senses, to purify your motives, you know. So, yeah. Um, so no doubt, I mean, the people who who are in these positions that they 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 have taken on these responsibilities to be spokesmen to the community, to be leaders in their community. Uh, and, and once they are called to really stand up, you know, in the highest degree, you know, 
how they gonna do it. What, right. what they have is uh, so what, what they got their position for. Right. And what do you think? I mean, what do you think that the role of the normal everyday person is? Like, what can I do? What can you do? I mean, I feel like I'm doing everything yeah, okay. that I can do. But what what can we do yeah. just as an individual person with the with the smaller voice? Okay. And uh, one of the things that we need to do is, first of all, educate ourselves on all the, the, the issues. I mean, you know, we get a lot of feed through, through uh, media, through, you know, people on the internet, whatever. But we need to really have a solid education on our local politics and the representatives that we seek to put in position and the, the people who are already in position that we seek to hold accountable and have a strategic way to go about getting these issues addressed, all the way from the county council members, all the way to the state legislators, all the way up to the city mayors, you know, going all the way up and being united within our communities. I mean, just, you know, having conversations with the people around us, the people in our neighborhoods, and say, okay, now, we feel this way, we see what's going on. Now, what is it that we can do to address this to our city representatives? Because they're the ones who been getting this position for a reason. And a lot of people, they, they, a lot of people ain't never voted for the, uh, prosecutor, the state prosecutor. A lot of people ain't never voted for the state prosecutor, but the uh, county prosecutor, or whatever it is, a lot of people, they don't even vote for it. They don't vote for the sheriff. Yeah. You know, and they're the main ones who, who continue a culture of uh, racism and a culture of prejudice that's happening that uh, pervades these institutions. So in order for uh, us to see a change in this, we have to hold the leadership accountable, right? So we, and we do have power right. to do this. So that's, that's one thing we do. Uh, another thing we do is, you know, people who do have adults, who do have children, they need to educate them and try to uh, impart upon them what it means, what, what, what all this means. You know, and, and the significance and meaning that it has for their generation. You have 60 seconds remaining. You know, we need to make sure that our youth, and we might not see the change that we we want to see. We might not see that in our lifetime, but we can put uh, the responsibility and what we can put the, uh, the awareness yeah. on our youth. Yeah, absolutely. I agree right? with you. Yes. Yeah. I love you, baby. Go ahead, sure. Those are some things. Uh, I love you, too. Have mm-hmm. a great day. Yeah. When the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours, oh, one day. When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, glory. Glory, glory, oh. Heavens, no man, no weapon formed against. Yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, the spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it go down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day. When the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours.
One day, when the glory comes, it will be 